Welcome back, Full Circle Reviews. This episode is reviewing the 2022 Marvel release of Morbius. Yeah. 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 It's an action-adventure movie directed by Daniel Espinosa. He also directed Life that came out in 2017, mm. Safe House in 2012, Child 44 in 2015, Snabacash in 2010. Snabacash? I swear it sounds like you just made that shit up. <laughs> <laughs> I have never heard of any of these movies. Just how you said it. Too. Well, I, I laughed. I had to look it up three times. Yeah. Like, is that a thing? When you said Life, I was thinking of the... Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence, but that did not yeah, come out no. in 2017. This had to be the one I was talking about earlier. Like, had to be. Yeah. Safe House I've seen with Ryan Reynolds and Denzel Washington. Well, Denzel this, Washington? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I dug life. I if it's the if it's a I know it's kind of a broad title for something, but if it's the life I'm thinking of, the sci-fi space thriller. Let's look. I it was a gr- I thought it was a great, fantastic movie. Keep it talking. had tones of alien vibes. Um you know, you have the, you're cut off from society and everything and there's no, nothing can hear you scream. It was, it was a great. Sounds terrifying. It is. It's Jake Gyllenhaal, Ryan Reynolds, Rebecca Ferguson. Yes. And Gyllenhaal was the, was the lead in it. No doubt. He was, he was fantastic in it. Mm-hmm. Might be a future review. Mm-hmm. You All guys right. haven't seen it really. No. no. And I love Gyllenhaal as, yeah, it's as, as we know. And Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. I love Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right, right cool. On. All right. So uh, new release. So it's nobody's pick per se. Yeah. Gents, what did you think? Go ahead, Luke. I'll default okay. to you. Um, I loved it. I leaned over to Justin several times say, dude, some like to the to the to the length of this is fucking awesome, dude. Yeah. Like some of the fight scenes, some of the, the choreography, Beautiful. some of just the, the special effects just were done really, really well. I love the ride. And very little dragged. So lately, how long would you say it lasted? Hmm. An hour 20. Okay. Cause I remember at the end of the movie, I looked at both of you guys. Cause we went, the three of us and my dad, Hey Bill, mm-hmm. um, the four of us had gone. And I, at the end of the movie, I look over and I remember Luke saying to Justin, that went so fast. Yeah. Actually, I think I said that. I, oh, was it? Yeah. It, was me, like, okay. it just seemed like, it was so short because it was so fluid. Well, you also you know said I mean? at the end, that's it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, wanted I, more. I wanted more. I agree. And that's a great movie. I agree. You know that's, what I mean? that, that is the mark of a good movie there. I thought Jared Leto absolutely killed it. Same like here. he typically does. Like the only movie I've ever seen with Jared Leto was like, come on, dude, you could have done better. was the little things with him and Denzel Washington. Nobody's probably no, ever I seen that movie. It was straight it. to HBO max. But I mean, he typically is phenomenal. And he might have raised the bar for even himself with his performance. So. And I usually think of Jared Leto as like a Jake Gyllenhaal. And I know that Luke mm. thinks he's the, you know, cast of the beat. I'm never going to live that down. But yes, movies. I do. I really like Jake Gyllenhaal, but I look at Jared Leto in a very similar way. They do a great job when they do the role, but they're not generally thought of as a leading man. And that's yeah. where I come from. That's yes. exactly where I come from when I say it. Right. Yeah. And I mean, he's a true method actor. Yes, he is. Like yeah. he be, he embodies the character he is, he's watching. And the first movie I ever saw with him was Requiem for a Dream, mm. which is, you know, mm. follows different people on different drug paths. And I mean, it's a great fucking movie. We need to watch that. It's, it's fantastic. Have you seen it, Luke? Yeah. Okay. I have not. You haven't. I have not. Oh. It's been a super long time. since I remember be, it being affected by it. We though. should watch it. I mean, it's a fantastic movie. I mean, I thought he was excellent in Dallas Buyers Club. Yes. Which I don't think Luke has seen either. No, I haven't. And that's a fantastic movie based loosely on a true you story as well. In yeah. The theater, in the theater. Yeah. yeah. Because notes. it, the transformation he had to portray that character was almost who Morbius was at the beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. like frail, you know what I mean? Like bone skinny, like all of that. I mean, it, it's crazy to me. Like not just, he dives into embody the character, but physically mm-hmm. does mm-hmm. it as well. I mean, I think you said at one point in the movie, like Christian Bale, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. he did, you know, in so. the, machinist. the machinist yeah. and rescue Dom. Yes. You know what I mean? And that was my first, the first time I really like started admiring the movie. Is when I saw what Leto had gone through to get his body to look like it. it he was, looked on death's door. It was fucking nuts. Even his eyes were sunken. Yeah. Even he had those black blotches underneath. It was just, it was amazing what he put himself through. 
yeah. for the sake of this role. And that's one thing that I love about even Jake Gyllenhaal is that the different roles he takes on are so very different from one another. And Jared Leto does the same thing as does Christian Bale. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think of Bale as just Batman because that's mm-hmm. what he did really big. But if you look at him in the fighter yeah. or in any of the other movies, True. I mean, let's talk about variance in their performance. Yeah. I mean, look at American Leto Psycho. as the Joker in Suicide Squad. Uh, it's epic. a, I mean, epically different character. Yeah. But he was amazing. What? I, th- I thought so too. Yeah. yeah. I so. thought Leto was fantastic as Joker. So I asked Luke how long he thought the movie was. Justin, how long do you think it was? To me, it felt like it was like an hour and 15, hour and 20, which means it was probably around an hour and a half. Hour and 45. Okay. So it was almost so a two hour movie. That, what does that say when we think it's faster? Like, it what does that great. say about the movie? It didn't that, drag. There's right. no drag whatsoever. Exactly. No drag. You're, you're invested. You're captivated by it. You're along for the ride and you're enjoying and it. And connected. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think the only parts that could be considered drag were like the researching times and when he's doing like the actual scientific stuff, but you're so invested in what's going on because you want to know what this is going to lead to and that see, it doesn't nerd. actually drag. Yeah. And for me, I'm a nerd. Yeah. So I got really into that part. I just co-signed your nerd talk. So I know you did. Sorry. It's great. Okay. So this was starring Jared Leto, Adria, Arizona. I love her. Okay. I do. What she else was, was she in? She was in baby driver. <gasps> yes, yes. That is right. You said that. Yeah. She was she the chick was. who was like menacingly badass. And just a side note, what a fucking awesome movie. that was. Yeah. That, I love that mm-hmm. movie. And what's crazy about her to me is she does not speak a lot of English. I would have guessed it was her primary language. It's not. Interesting. That it's is. not. I just saw right before we went and saw it, I saw a TikTok and it was this Asian dude. He's a magician and he somehow got to the premiere and he does a trick for her. And she literally was like trying to find the English words to describe how she felt and like was struggling with it. Huh. Interesting, Interesting right? Yeah. I admire her. So other char- other actors were Jared Harris, who played Nick. Okay, the doctor. The doctor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like him. Matt Smith played Milo. Mm-hmm. I knew I recognized him. He's been Doctor Who. Oh, okay. On BBC. Okay. He has a very distinctive look. He has a very distinctive very face. Very English look, yes. so yeah. yeah. He was also in The Crown. Okay. How and a couple other like, British shows. Okay. Like that. Um, Tyrese. I know. Yeah. The, yeah. Gotta love Tyrese. Mm. Took a break from Fast and Furious for this one, apparently. He's starting to show his age a little. I know. He is. I love Even him, in his though. voice. His yes. voice is getting more gruffy. Yeah. Uh, Al Madrigal, which was Agent Rodriguez, so Tyrese's partner. The and comic a, relief. Yeah. What'd you guys feel about him? Uh, he was necessary. Okay. I felt his role was necessary. It couldn't just contain itself with just the seriousness of Tyrese. There had to be a distinguished personality. I feel like he balanced Tyrese. Yes. That was his purpose. Yeah. Dude, I felt like he could have been a good Jim Gordon. Oh. Now that you say it, yeah. Oh. Like I couldn't it. stop comparing him and the guy that just played Jim Gordon in The Batman. Well, I could Because they a, look almost similar. They do. I he compared a lot part. of this to The Batman. In fact, even the fact that Nick, I have in my notes, made me think of Alfred. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I can oh, see he that. He would have been a great Alfred, right? Much better than uh, what, Andy Circus. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Fucking yeah. douche. That was lame, Alfred. <laughs> and then a very, very brief um, Michael Keaton appearance. Yes. Yeah. Very fleeting. Which is hopefully setting us up for the future. Very it, prominent. Well, I hope into because he's uh, Vulture. Because I dig exactly. the Vulture. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a fantastic villain. He idea. was a great villain. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a I villain love- of necessity. And his name. Is yes. perfect for what he does what, and yes. what his mission he picks is. Picks it apart. Yeah. Yes, it was a, it was a great villain or, origination origin story. I thought. Yeah, great opportunist. Mm-hmm. So I also truly love the movie. Um, I was very concerned. I was not excited about the movie by the trailer at all. No, and I was kind of worried about the way they were going to make him his transformation, you know, into like that pseudo vampire. Right. And I was very concerned with the visuals that they were going to make this ridiculous. Well, going, going into that topic there, there is a constant thing when somebody becomes the the person they're supposed to be. And I like to call it like an ability showcase. Mm -hmm. Okay. This was beautiful. His ability showcase was absolutely beautiful. Yes. And it was hard to take your eyes off. Yes. So, so I was just worried that like, you know, in a werewolf movie, when they transform into the werewolf, you're like, eh, 
really yeah. that's it yeah you know some of the trailer scenes were like mm, i don't know like when i was concerned and i was saying okay jared leto that's an interesting casting i don't know i'm not sure how i feel about that might be good might be kind of weak not really sure i was pleasantly surprised Same. yeah with this um, and I'm sorry, once he um, became healthy, damn, did he look good. Yeah, he uh, he definitely had the... He got ripped. He did. definitely went on that V-shred. Yeah. So Morbius is kind of a Marvel Comics living vampire, suffers from pseudo-vampirism. Yeah. Vampirism, whatever you want to say. Um, and so let's go into the synopsis here. So he's a terminally ill person who's suffering with a rare blood disease. Yeah, did they even I don't think they ever said what the blood no, disease was. No, and I was. looked it up. I searched everywhere. It's never addressed in the comics or anything. They never actually gave you a diagnosis. It was just like a problem with their DNA is all I know. That's he just what, said it's a rare exactly. blood disease. Something um, was left out from our DNA. Mm-hmm. Correct. And undergoes a risky and illegal procedure in an attempt to give himself a cure. cure. Himself, yeah. Correct. And it results in kind of a mixed bag of strengths and weaknesses yeah. via his vampirism. Yeah. I'd say strengths outweighed the weaknesses, in my opinion. But I guess it's yes, a matter of perspective. It is. I, I, I mean, I, I agree, but the whole, but the weakness is prominent. Like the mm-hmm. whole mm-hmm. having to feed regularly and the repercussions if you don't. So we we're talking before the recording started about how he um, was supposed to be an anti-hero but it was hard not to sympathize with him. I agree. I totally agree with that. And I feel like he's kind of like the Jekyll and Hyde of Marvel in that when he's Jekyll, he's a prominent, upstanding doctor mm-hmm. great human, trying to do good for the world. And that kind of vigilanteism as well. A little bit. Yeah. And then when the uncontrollable Hyde takes over or the vampirism Mm-hmm. That's where the monster comes out. Yeah. So I feel like it, it's very much. I agree. And even as the monster, he seems to have a degree of control. That With certain people. With certain people, sure. But his ability to restrain himself. Yeah, I would was, say so. Was, was highlighted. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I think that's what sets him apart from an antihero. Yeah, I like that dynamic. I did. T- you no, know, I because he it. still had the good, yeah. even when he was struggling with. The vampirism taking over. You know what I mean? He still knew what right and wrong was. Exactly. Correct. So this movie actually should have released in July of 2020 and they postponed it because of the pandemic. Wow. I was not aware it was that long. I mean, I know we've been watching the trailer for like at least a year. It has been quite a while. Yeah. But same thing with Top Gun. Well, yeah, but Top Gun was going to come out like May 27, 2020 (sighs) and then November and then May 27, 2021 and then like November, December, like around Christmas time. And now we're almost at May of 2022. I think seeing the poster or whatever the... um, what, what would you call that they had at the theater with the advertisement? On movie it? poster. Yeah, yeah, movie poster. I think seeing that is positive because yeah. I don't remember seeing a poster before. No. Oh, they did. If you remember when we went to the IMAX downtown. They did. They had the poster they from They still have the original May 27, 2020 yeah. on the wall. I just wall. want to see this fucking movie. It's like, <laughs> just, could you please just release it? So, um, okay. Back to this particular movie. Yes, of course. <clears throat> Morbius. Let's talk about the character development and the character of Morbius. Okay. What did you think? Did you like it? Were there strengths, weaknesses? How do you think Jared Leto did? Talk to me. I like the dynamic. I mean, in the beginning, when you meet Michael Morbius as a child, he seems very dismissive at first. And like, he's just lost in this illness. And, you know, for me, he just calls the other person Milo probably because that was the first Milo. And he's like, you're the second or the third or the fourth Milo. Exactly. You know what I mean? So he's hopeless. Exactly. He's kind of hopeless and very, uh, the word I'm looking for. Can't think of it, but he doesn't think much of people or the world itself because of his own struggles or of life. Yeah, jaded. like jaded. Yeah, jaded. Yeah, Bitter. you know what I'm dismissive. Mm-hmm. Um, and then dismissive he, sums about well. And then he saves the new Milo's life. Yeah, you know, with the spring or whatever, and that ironically springs the movie <laughs> into fruition of him becoming this uber genius and you know fighting to find a cure and. They tie in Milo as the friend being able to be the funder 
you know what I mean? Being the person with the money so he can pursue these endeavors. And, you know, it was slightly predictable, you know, Mm -hmm. I was able to predict pretty much the whole layout of the movie. Yeah, you were. But it didn't deter from my enjoyment. Right. You know what I mean? I still usually that's like a trigger for me. Yes. It it was not in this case. I it was, mean, it was pleasant. It was OK that it followed suit. Yeah. Like the transformation from him to Morbius, I thought was well done to immediately see the ability of Morbius. I mean, I don't know how this being a Spider-Man villain, how Spider-Man could contend with this. I've thought, you know what? I, I'm glad you brought that up because I have no idea how Spider-Man can either. I, I, he seems so overpowered. I mean, the way they portray him, it was just, I mean, epic. I My favorite thing is like the echolocation and the eyes. Same here. Yes. In the movie, like how his eyes would respond to the sound and the visually different things. Stunning. It was yes. visually beautiful. I agree. You know, and so gratifying. And the action scenes were some of the best I've ever seen. Um, just the way he moved and the way they showed like the the trails of movement yep. and everything. It made me think of like the Flash. You know what I mean? They show him moving so epically fast. And Gambit a little bit for a little, me. Yeah, you know, sure. the, the way he would throw the throw cards. The cards and yes. you'd see the trails of it. Sure. You know, I thought they portrayed the speed very well and in a way I've never seen before. Same it, here. It, it was awesome. And for me, it wasn't hard for my eyes to follow. Like, yeah. it wasn't like visual vomit like a lot of the movies are with the CGI these days where it's, it's hard for me to follow it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost reminiscent of like 300 where they would speed up a scene and then slow it down so you could keep up. 300. Oh, I, have so I know you don't like that movie, that but movie. like that's for me part of the reason why I like those because they would show the speed and like the sheer power, but then slow it down so you could truly comprehend it. I think it was one of the three times I leaned over to you and said, this is awesome. Was yeah. one, of the, one of the times when I think uh, I want to say Milo took out the cops. Yeah, yes. when he hit them and it was like that shock wave. Yes. One of my favorite scenes. And when he just took out those four, three or four that were standing there mm-hmm. and it just slowed down just enough. It didn't focus in on it very much, but slowed down just enough. It was fucking beautiful. It was. So other than 300 made me think of Sherlock Holmes. Okay. Yeah. When they did the same thing, when he would throw the punch in the boxing ring and then everything would slow down and you so could explain it. see yeah. the impact of the hand hitting the face and the reaction of the head moving as he's talking about it. That's. It made me think of that. Yeah. A little bit. I've never seen And now that we're talking about like mm-hmm. Matrix. Okay. I got, I got vibes of that okay. too. But not prominent, but mm-hmm. I did get hints of that too. So I want to piggyback on something you said, Justin, where you talked about how you don't know how he would ever be able to be beat by Spider-Man. The movie took a lot of liberties. Okay. From the comic and the writing of who and what Morbius was. In order yep. to make him be able to be capable of a standalone. Because I do yes. remember him from the cartoon. Very different than the cartoon. In the cartoon, like he's very, <clears throat> for lack of a better term, cartoony. And he didn't feed on people with his mouth. He had like these holes in his hands. They were literally looked like puckering buttholes yeah. <laughs> that would suck the plasma out of other people. Like almost like a, a you remember the blade you. movie where the guys, I the read things that. would pop that out of their throat I love and like latch on. It was almost like those in his hands, but they didn't pop out. Okay. So it's like the ends of those. Okay. Like the movie, like the show, the strain. Remember the strain? Yes. You're How talking they, Spider-Man, the animated series, the right? animated okay. series. 90s yeah. cartoon. Yeah. And I just don't remember him being this strong. And you know what? Usually that would piss me off, but I was okay with it because it was fantastic. Well, let's take it back. So Morbius was written to not be superhuman. He was not meant to be a vampire. He was not meant to be that strong. And that's why it was comical that it was out of his hands and not biting him. Okay. And not sucking the blood. And he didn't have superhuman strength and he couldn't fly and he couldn't do those things. And so all that would happen is that he had healing powers similar to like a werewolf would have. Okay. From the bat. Mm-hmm. Okay. He had the echolocation to be able to hear and sense that was based on the bat blood. It was not meant to be a superhero. Okay. He was meant to be somewhat stronger because of the animalistic characters. So let me take it back. Morbius came into the Spider-Man comics in 1971. Okay. In 1954, there was a push that comics were causing juvenile delinquency. And so because... like that damn rock music. Well, because... (laughs) Hold on, this is serious. So 
because this was a huge push, the publishers of different comic books immediately self-censored. Wow. And they got rid of any sort of classical monsters, vampires, werewolves, nothing of the sort. So when Morbius came out in 71 in the Amazing Spider-Man comic number 101, he was not a vampire. Wow. He was alive. Okay. He didn't bite. He didn't kill. He could create other pseudo vampires in a living form by biting them. But that's why he had the puckering hands. Okay. So he was able to self self um, fulfill without being a vampire. He also, because he's not a vampire, didn't have religious ties with garlic or crucifixes or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So he was not superhuman. Interesting. So they took some liberties with the movie to yeah. make him stronger than he like was it. ever written to be. Well, it sounds like they just modernized it and broke those chains of censorship. Correct. So Dracula was actually supposed to be written in the Spider-Man and Stan Lee said, no, let's wait until some of this push is gone. Is gone. So let's introduce something like Morbius. Who's not quite a vampire, not quite a werewolf. He takes on the bat like because he transforms mm-hmm. like a werewolf. Mm-hmm. True. So he's inspired by both the Wolfman mm-hmm. and Dracula from the 50s. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Without being either one of them. So he it was a loophole. Yeah. Wow. Into the comic books. And then Dracula actually was written into the Spider-Man comics one year later. Was he in Spider-Man? Yes. I didn't know that. Yes. See, I, it would make sense for me for him to be in the Blade series. He which was, is also and He was connected. also yeah. in Batman. Um, Dracula? Yeah, it, Dracula. Yeah. Wow. Yes. They even have their own um, uh, cartoon series, for lack of a better word, where it's Batman versus Dracula. And it's done very, very much graphic novelly. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I might have to check that out. It's pretty cool. I like Dracula stuff. Yeah. So <clears throat> he, um, anything else on that? That was the publishers. Yeah. They self-censored. So they got rid of all of those types of monsters because apparently they were afraid of being <laughs> branded the candy man wow. on contributing to juvenile delinquency. And then right after Morbius came out, that ban dropped. Which is why Dracula was written in a year later. Interesting. So he was not written to be as strong as the other villains. Well, I'm glad they rectified that because uh, obviously we will probably wouldn't have seen the movie if Correct. he was attributed the same level of strength and powers right. as a comic book. So the other thing that was very different is that he became Morbius, the pseudo vampire villain, through ingesting vampire bat blood. That was his origin. And going through electric shock therapy, which is very different than what was shown in the movie. Yes, it is. I like this approach better. I, I do agree. T- I do- totally do too. It makes it more sympathetic. Yes. Well, and it makes it more believable. Yes. That yeah, too. I mean, altering somebody's DNA. You know what I mean? I think that's just more believable and that's Same more here. modern. Same here. So there's some other liberties that are taken, but we'll get into those later. But that okay. was just kind of the backstory of who Morbius was. That's interesting though. Yeah. Um, so again, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was well done. Um, I thought the scene Luke had brought up in the stairwell of the subway Mm -hmm. was beautiful. Yes. Badass. It was, I even said this is rad Yeah, because they're going down the stairwell and the cinematography is spinning around Mm -hmm. circular around them, almost like a a vortex Mm -hmm. and showing everything. And then it stops mid fight just beautifully. And then right after that is when he attacked the cops. Yeah. And then that's when we first see Morbius fly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, 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 whole, the, the reveal of the flying that I mean, it felt like a minute long him, you know, tracing his hand through the, through the mm-hmm. air and everything. Like identifying what's happening. Like, what is this? I can't think of a better way they could have done that. I thought it was beautiful. Epic. Yeah. I loved even when he put his hand in the water and you should see the pulsation and the yeah. vibration going through Same everything. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was very well done. That was yeah. awesome. No, yeah. Visually, like you said, stunning. Yeah. Every detail. I mean, they, they really, really nailed it with the details. I totally agree. You know, even for me, like depicting the difference between Milo and Morbius when they would shift to the more monster side right when mm-hmm. the, when the animalistic side would take over it was interesting to me that morbius still looked more human it was and, true. I, and i thought that was very telling and very very smart 
Okay, we'll look at the Twilight movies. Yeah. When Edward and the Cullens drink animal blood, their eyes look different than when they drink human blood. Mm -hmm. So I think it's the same thing that there's a visual representation of good versus evil. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree because Milo did look super, not animalistic, but he, to me, he looked like Frankenstein. Mm -hmm. Like at times. He um, looked like more of a monster. He did. Than human. But Morbius, you did see hints of his humanity. Mm -hmm. Yes. I agree. And it felt like in, in the same shot from like one second to the next, you almost could see the transition as that he was fighting back and forth between the animalistic side and the human and Mm -hmm. the animalistic side and the human. It was visually stunning without being extra, yes. in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. It's um, kind of epic. I actually felt that a lot of the scenes where you could see their faces in the pseudo vampirism looked just fucking like Devil's Advocate. When you mentioned it, it it really did Didn't connect it. it. Yeah, if no, you, I would agree. If you remember Devil's yeah. Advocate, when she's seeing the faces mm-hmm. of the people and mm-hmm. nobody else can see it, and their faces contort. Yeah. The first and, time I saw the face, I'm like, oh, and the teeth are very prominent. Yes. Yeah, it's yeah. I, awesome. Now, when you mentioned it, it was like, oh, shit. A, yeah, she's right. It's a great comparison. Yeah. Thank you, gents. Appreciate mm-hmm. that. Um, <clears throat> so how do you think Jared Leto did? Fantastic. Yeah. Phenomenal. I couldn't. I. It's one of those roles that I couldn't imagine another in because That's he nailed it to, so, yeah. so potently. Like he's such a. As just a regular person, it's he's so soft spoken and like so calm all the time. He's Michael Morbius. He he truly is, yeah. you know, and it's ironic because Jared Leto is also the lead singer of 30 Seconds to Mars and a rock star. Yeah. And so you typically don't get that type of persona with a lead person in a rock band. Mm-hmm. You know what I it's mean? It's acting. It's a persona. It, it truly is. Yeah. And I mean, his his acting in this, you know, he had that as Michael Morbius. But then when he became Morbius. I felt like I was expecting them to go too hard. You know what I mean? Into that side of it. But he was able to balance the demeanor beautifully well. Yeah. Same. What do you think about the other characters? How do you think she did? As Martine Bancroft? Yes. I liked her. I did too. And the main reason was because when she came, when her character was brought in, I can't, I can't help that I rolled my eyes and kind of groaned and you said something to up. Oh, it's over for Luke. Cause I just, <laughs> I just saw the love interest angle coming and I knew it was going to be there just because it has to be in a Marvel movie, but she wasn't forced in my face. She was there just enough not to get annoying. She was, her character was needed. Mm-hmm. And they they represented her well. Yeah, she was what grounded him. Yes. Kept him to the to reality. Yes. You know what I mean? And just didn't allow him to just unleash the animal side. And right? they didn't build the plot upon her or him and her. No. They built it up upon Morbius, period. I mean, it was almost, yes. I don't want to say an oversight. I mm-hmm. mean, one of my only gripes with the movie was like their kiss scene. You know what I mean? It was like there was non-romantic as well. So why include it? You know what I mean? Well, in the lore, she's his fiance. Okay. okay. So she's, she is very much a key player. Peace. They actually played her down. Yeah. They really Because did. at the scene when they're on the tankard or whatever the ship mm-hmm. is out in the middle of the ocean and he's going through this procedure, they're already engaged. Oh, wow. In the lore. Okay. And so he jumped off the ship to protect her. Gotcha. And they still got that across. They did. They did. Yeah. But she was like a blossoming love interest yeah. in the movie, whereas she actually was a very solidified interest well, and in she the went, lore. And when she went down, not the first time, but the second time, I was like, oh, she'll be back. Yeah. You know, so slightly predictable for me, but that's yeah. okay. I you was did. glad that they didn't release it at the end of the movie. And that was like the trailer scene that we got is like, oh, now we're both vampires and we're going to like make out. Was something. that one of the oh, times like the Matrix, you said, where they that, like fly off together and okay. they're going to rewrite the story? Exactly. Was that one of the times you yelled out, called it? Yeah. 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 So. yeah. <laughs> There was a couple times he did. I think. Three, yes, you did. Three you, or four. You had a couple a pro- little interesting quips during well, the movie that made me almost pee myself. Well, there's the one where she like gets knocked out or whatever, and he's like, you know, going after the guys. Or was it that scene? No, I think it was after. It was right before, right when she cuts her finger. Yes. Yeah, and I was just like, hopefully oh, she's not on her period. And yeah, because you know he was struggling. <laughs> It just, it just found me as funny. And I do believe Luke laughed out loud I at that did. time. So I snorted in the theater and it was not a funny scene. So everyone around me probably thought it was crazy. Because it was so unexpected. Welcome to Justin. Welcome to Justin indeed. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I thought it was interesting reading what the actual lore is, is that she is already his fiance. And the 
a little difference differentiation between the movie and the comics. Yeah. So Milo was not his friend in the comics ever. Okay. He's an ant. He's another villain, but he never started out as his friend because in the Morbius comics, Morbius is the only person with this rare blood disease. Okay. There, it's not widespread across the world. And I thought that was an interesting artistic change because I almost feel like by making it not be the only person with it, it makes it more relatable and the fight for the cure more realistic. Well, and for me, it almost made him seem like a hero. Yeah. As yes. opposed to the anti-hero. Because so, you would think he's going to be a villain, so who's going to come and fight him or kill him? But it wasn't that. It was almost like vigilantism immediately. Yeah. Like, he didn't need something crazy to happen to him to, like, want to fight crime. He was just literally trying to do the right thing. Yes. Correct. And in the in the lore, again, I'll say, the comics, uh, Michael was kept inside by his mom. He was not in a, like hospital facility. Okay. He was kept inside by his mom who was very scared about him getting hurt. And he ended up becoming friends with somebody named Nick and, or Emil Nick is his name. Okay. And his friend gets attacked and becomes compromised in his health and they become best of friends. Okay. And he becomes very protective of his friend, but he and his friend go through their college years trying to find a cure for Morbius's disease. Oh, okay. It's a I little like, bit of a different twist. I like this better. I do too. I, I think so much, too. Much better than. And I usually will like the original story better because I usually think the artistic takes and and change in directions are painful. But I think that they made some good choices here. Well, can I, I just so also say that you know I find it fascinating that I'm a, I'm a comic book nerd, um, but I knew next to nothing about Morbius, and for the, to hear that there is this foundation of lore Mm -hmm. associated with him and characters around him it just gives me like a new appreciation for like how the the minds that had to come together to create all these characters it's fascinating to me so and the other thing is after in the comics after he jumped off of this ship to save his girlfriend after killing his best friend Mm -hmm. the same emil Oh, so he was on the boat with them. Got it. He was on the boat with him trying to save him because Mm. Martine, the fiance, was not a doctor. Okay. She was just the fiance. Okay. So they kind of blended that. They blended that a little bit. And so he killed his best friend. Okay. Which would make him less sympathetic. True. Very much less. So he jumped off the, the boat and washed up on shore to Dr. Kurt Connor's beach house. Oh, wow. And the lizard, yeah. The lizard. And in the Spider Man comic this is when he first meets peter parker and in the comic this is when peter parker is dealing with eight legs and kirk connors is trying to help him relieve him of the other six and they end up the three of them fighting oh wow crazy so that's the tie into spider-man i have no clue yeah nor did i i didn't do a ton of research but one of the things that i saw was that um when he fed on when he fought spider-man eventually he fed on him and it like cured him mm-hmm. he yes. no longer was like fighting with the struggle between monster and human like he became human again and he didn't have to feed due to the radioactive blood from spider-man and which so which is a perfect way to get him to become a, a, super villain. a villain. villain exactly yeah. because you want to come back for more yeah you right. know what i mean and so as in the movie he says i will do anything to save a life exactly that's really the only character flaw yeah so all right, uh, let's talk. We talked about Morbius's character. We talked about Martine. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Milo. Yeah. Okay, hey, Apollo. Apollo. Hi, Apollo. Luke, go ahead. With Milo? Yeah. I mean, he checked the box for me. Um, I thought he was a decent. Okay, like with Blade, there's Deacon Frost, who's the first formidable opponent. And Milo checked that box and did it pretty well to me. I don't have anything really negative to say about him um, other than the fact that he was a little too extra, like his, his dialogue was a little too extra for me. Like his whole, you know, this is our destiny. You know, we're, we're, I don't know if he said anything about this is the next step in evolution or anything, but it felt like that's what his feeling was that he was above humans. Kind of took on the Kirk Connor as the lizard. Yes, Yes, exactly. So he checked the box. I don't have anything really negative to say about him. And I know he was necessary. So I, 
I'll give him a pass. Well, yeah, and we needed a villain. And as soon as, like, you know, when he's a kid and he goes outside to get the letter that Michael had sent him from his, you know, prestigious university that he got sent to because he's, you know, uber smart. Um, as soon as he got his ass beat, I was like, oh, he's going to become the villain. Like, I just knew from there. Did because was, he's going to have sorry. disdain for people that are regular. And eventually he's going to want to be more or be more than that. And then feed on the people that are regular to get them back. Yeah. Did anybody else think when the doctor was talking about there's a school for gifted people? That he's going to go X-Men? Yes. Yeah. Okay. For I wasn't a second. Alone. Okay. For a gotcha. second. Yeah. All right. That's what it seemed was yeah, being implied. I thought mm-hmm. so too. Yeah. That's I'm too. just glad I'm not alone. No. So I actually thought that the change in motive right once he cured himself as well mm-hmm. was plausible right because it could be argued why would he become the bad guy well because he was denied so many things in his life mm-hmm. and whereas he and morbius both had the same kind of blood disorder right and grew up and he grew up rich and morbius got to go to school he never did he mm-hmm. never did anything no. in the movie so right. long was was the rich guy. Right. So are you are you saying like it, it's plausible because he would be bitter? Yes. And yeah. have a lot of living to make up for. To make up mm-hmm. for. I get it. Yeah. Okay. And so I thought, okay, that's not. Well, unlike Art Uncharted, that we'll get into next. Yes. The change in motive irritated the hell out of me in that movie. But the change in motive in this, it was like, okay, I could, I can see that mm-hmm. he's living for the first time. He doesn't want to be shut down. He wants him to be animalistic too. Yeah, and then he just took it to the next level. Of course. Because, I mean, how jaded and bitter would you be? I mean, seeing the struggle when they were walking and knowing that death was imminent. Yeah. I mean, I can get... Now he has a chance to live. Yeah, I I understand why somebody would go that route. Yeah, Yeah, he went from, for lack of a better term, being the prey to an apex predator. Yes. Correct. Well said. I like it. Thank you. All right, kids. Um... Let's talk about some of the other scenes in the movie. Okay. What did you think about the scene where Morbius was in, was it Costa Rica? Mm-hmm. To try and capture the bats. How did you feel about that scene? Did that, that leave was a lasting a, impression? That or was, was our it- opening scene. It didn't give me a lasting impression because I'd seen it in the trailer. Mm. But if I hadn't, it, it might have. Yeah. I, I, it was necessary. It but- was necessary, but I'm glad that I didn't spend too much time on it. You know what I mean? Because ultimately I'm like, what the fuck are they doing? Like, is this where he's going to get bit? Because all we saw in the trailer, like in the trailer, it made it seem like it was going to be one of the last things that happened. Right. Because it wasn't at the beginning of the trailer. It was towards the end. Right. And so when he cuts his hand, I'm like, okay, what's going to happen? Are they going to feed on him? Like what, you know, what's truly going to happen? And it was cool just to see that you don't get that answer. You know what I mean? And then they cut forward to him in his lab and you see all the bats flying. So he was strictly there. To, to capture. To capture. That's it. Yeah. I got concerned when he was walking into the cave. Yeah. And I thought, okay, are we just going to be like B-rated Batman all the way around on this? Yeah. Like what's happening here? Are we going <clears> to <throat> now go in a cave and take on the persona of, of the Batman? I mean, what and is happening? We talked about the trailer for a Didn't they cut something out of that scene too? Like him saying something like, if any of you would like to run, now would be the now time. Now would be the time. That yeah. wasn't in there, right? I don't think so, no. <sighs> No, he kind of just he said something different to the same effect, but it wasn't the same. Right. Speaking of which, I am so tired of movies having trailers and them cutting a scene out in the actual movie. That's bullshit. I would agree because there was another golden scene. Yes. Yes. And they switched it up. Pleased to meet you. I'm Venom. Why? That was great. It was great. And I guess I I don't know if they changed the placement of that scene to where because that actual line of, you know, I'm Dr. Michael Morbius. I'm here to help really didn't make sense at that point in time in the movie in the scene. So I wonder if they changed the scene that that was spliced into. Yeah. Because in the trailer, he's like, who are you? I'm Venom. I'm just kidding. Dr. Michael Morbius here to help. Um, And it was so, it was so cute. They had almost two years to edit. So I think that maybe my, my theory is it made him not look as sympathetic. It made him possibly a little cockier, a little cockier. Yes. But I think she's right. Whereas that point in the story where we were in the movie, it would have been a complete shift. Right. Because he was in there to take over that labyrinth from the criminals and it wouldn't have fit. So what did you think about that line about him saying he's venom? Do you think that was just a lame tie in or do you think that was clever or cute? Mm -hmm. Well, they referenced venom one time before. Yeah. In a very talking about the attack in San Francisco. So it wasn't. 
So I thought it was a good connection. I think we'll probably, you know, potentially see them not maybe combine, but see them in the same storyline. You know what I mean? I could see that. Okay. Especially because they brought Vulture back. Yeah. You know, and it sounds like Vulture's bringing people together. I doubt Venom's going to be one of them, you know what I mean? Because he's too strong in the Spider-Man universe, whereas doesn't sound like Morbius is potentially going to be a part of the Spider-Man universe. So what is the Luke? You've mentioned it before when we talked about Spider-Man homecoming, there was like the six, the sinister six, the sinister yeah. six. And depending upon the source there, it's a different collection of villains. I don't re- recall Morbius ever being there, but I totally could be wrong. Is it kind of like the Marvel equivalent to suicide squad? Yes. Yes. Okay. Except it's more evil oriented because okay. I think at any given time, Doc Ock or uh, Norman Osborn is the leader. And these are villains. These mm-hmm. are absolute villains with no, a lot of them don't have sympathy, sympathetic origins or anything. So these are, they are out for nefarious reasons. Um, but there's been so many incarnations of them that Morbius very well could be in, involved in there at some point. Sounds like we'll find out. Would you yeah. like to see him in that? Sure. Like if they did a Sinister Six coming out, do you think that would be... If they put together, for example, because they're doing all these standalones, I feel like they're going to come full circle and do just like the Avengers movies where they had like each move character had their own movie and then they brought them all together. I'd like to see Morbius out of that personally, because I liked him as sympathetic. I did. I liked him as having a good moral compass. Yes, I you did know too. what I mean. So him teaming up to just be evil doesn't kind of make sense to me. Yes. Would you say that Venom's evil? I say Venom is more evil, more of an anti-hero. Yeah, I would say Venom itself, Venom himself is. Venom, yes, but it's a two-tone with Tom Hardy. Exactly. And so he's what balances the Venom dynamic. Right. But I felt Morbius had, like we've we've said, had more of a moral compass, mm-hmm. knew right and wrong, and was against doing right. And we were we were shown that several times through his ingesting of the artificial blood and right. trying to really maintain that on well, the fact that he immediately knew he had to kill his best friend, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Or cure him from mm-hmm. what, you know, but here's my next question. Hmm. He killed his best friend. His Alfred ish companion was killed. Mm-hmm. His fiance or love interest is now pseudo vampire. Mm-hmm. Do you think he's going to lose his moral compass? It's possible. I mean, I and guess it depends what type artific- of influence she's going to have on him in her new state. Come yeah. on. How strong do you have a woman influence? Oh, yeah. It's going to be. Yeah. So and secondly, so for the other part, we're talking about possible change of motives here. Yeah. Right. He's talking about how the artificial blood is working less and less and less and less. If he finds that feeding on Spider-Man's radioactive blood is the the cure for his condition bestiality and he has no other wow wow he has no other ties to humanism from other people in his life true that's i a see good that point. they that could is, twist it that is a good point and maybe that's where we get enter blade yeah true so to hunt the monster mm-hmm. interesting um, uh, i think i did read something about craven Yes, so there's going to be a Craven orange origin story that's going to line up with crazy this to me. in 2023. Yes, just because okay, he's minor. He's. he's I mean, you it, could argue Morbius was too because most could, people don't know Morbius. True, I was one of them. Yeah, but uh, okay, I get it. I'd rather see like a Rhino origin story than. But we just saw Rhino. Rhino had a very bit part in one of the Spider-Man movies, so I don't think they're bit. gonna go back to that. Again. No, I agree. I just, at least not in the Sony Craven Marvel the partnership is interesting, but the Spider-Man villain rogues gallery is a gold mine. And I'd, I'd love to see Sandman or yeah. another incarnation of Sandman. Some mm-hmm. just, there's several out mm-hmm. there that I'd like to, and Craven just seems kind of, come on. Vanilla. I don't know. It just seems, he like seems lame bother. to me. Yeah. Yes. I got you. I got you. I do like that the there will be a new Blade. I love that personally. Blade, so, yeah. I, I don't think Blade gets the respect he deserves in the MCU. No, so, I don't think so either. Yeah, he's. So it'll be interesting to see if Morbius is tied into that as well. Yeah, true. And I mean, tied into Spider Man. Like I thought Morbius was a Blade villain from the start. And well, you, all are you kept saying during the movie, like he just this just seems like Blade needs to be here. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um. So another thing with the feel of the movie, mm-hmm. the score. 
Oh, Let's epic. talk about the score. Apollo, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> he's as he's biting dad's hand. Um, the, sco- ahead, the score, I mean, I'm probably going to be in agreement with you guys, but I, I loved it. I thought it accented what we were seeing very well. Yes. And coming off of Uncharted, like you mentioned, yeah. where we'll get into the score once we do that review. But it, what I was watching mixed with what I was hearing to the point where I didn't really, I wasn't paying attention to what I was hearing. Yes. That's what I was trying to get to. There you go. Okay. Thank you for the lead in. I'm, I'm going to jump in. I feel like a really valid score should not be memorable. Yes. In a good or bad way. Mm-hmm. The score should not overpower the feel, the visuals, anything on the screen. The score is second support. Yes. Right. It's kind of the most subliminal. It's the bra. Sure. Okay. Yeah. It's what holds everything in place, but you don't see it. Right. I like that analogy. I okay. do Thanks. Um, I thought it was very, I think you leaned over to me at one point and we're like, wait, I'm sorry. I'm getting there. So I think a score can make or break a movie. It can. As we've seen. We liked the score in the Batman. Yes, we did. Thought there was more diversity that could have happened. Yeah. In that sense, it was noticeable. Yes. Can you hum any of the score from this movie? No. No. Okay. But it perfectly matched how you were supposed to feel in that scene. Yeah, it was very Christopher Nolan. Yeah. That was my next point. Inception. It made me feel very much like the score in the Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy with Mm -hmm. Christian Bale. Yeah. And in fact, I even looked at you guys at some points and I'm like, this feels very Batman ish to me. Yeah, like when it's. Which wasn't a bad thing. No, not at all. When you see the city and it's like. Yes. You know what I mean? And you just like feel the power from the city as it's honing in on the building. Correct. But you're not looking at the, the scene and thinking. Wow, that score really makes those right. buildings look cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like a true romance when Luke just absolutely loved the little jingle they would do to break scenes the up. The little ditty. I the hear it in my ditty. nightmares. Um, but the score. <laughs> Master and, of the house. Oh, <laughs> he did Schumann. Crazy, the <laughs> Seinfeld reference. Yeah. Um, the score, the sound effects. Yes. The awesome. sound effects I loved. And I come back to the echolocation again. Yes. And everything that had to do with echolocation was masterpiece to me and the I, di- I just can't harp on it enough like i can't believe that there weren't more people in the theaters in the theater with us because we saw it the second friday it was out yeah, and there's like still, 10 people there no not even including us three or four, four us four yeah. there was like 10 people in the theater still though friday night that's what i'm saying it was the second friday it was out i would have thought it was packed yeah the fact that the same day i was able to get a fourth ticket for my dad to sit right, right with next us, to us. And there was really no more tickets purchased than when I bought it four days that before is? that. Well, look at Spider-Man. Look, I mean, that theater was fucking packed. I don't oh, think people know off. who Morbius is. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I don't it's know if I would have seen this. I mean, we saw the trailer for a solid year. But well, also, if, I, if we didn't do this podcast, I probably would have never watched this movie, even really? if it was on TV. So you weren't excited to go see it from the trailer? No. no okay. I wasn't. I was with Kristen. I was concerned. I mean, I had my concerns, but I still wanted to see it. I was also concerned because you have to remember the first Venom that came out, fucking epic. Yes. Second one, let there be Ooh, garbage. Bleh. Check out yeah. that podcast. This came out as the next standalone anti-hero for Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, Going off of that, yes, the formula is not good. It's not a good. But again, it's up. Jared Leto, and he always but does Jared a good job. But Jared Leto's not a leading draw. He's really not. I would. I mean, I gotta say, if you see a movie and you're like, oh. Starring Christian Bale. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Starring Michael Keaton. All right. I'm yeah. in. Starring Jared Leto. Uh, seems like it's not Netflix. that it's a deterrent, but it's certainly not going to be a leading man draw in yeah. the same way that some of the other well, characters. Are. I guess you're right. Typically his movies aren't giant blockbusters. No, not really. I mean, but no offense, Jared Leto. No, I thought you were great, but all. I'm just but saying fantastic. he is not necessarily a household Name of a leading star. Would you say B list? Would you say B list? Yeah, I would too. I would. Not not by his caliber or his acting ability, just by his drawing power. Yeah, I agree. Justin, thoughts? I don't want to get into that. Nope. Okay. Because eventually we'll end up on Gyllenhaal again. (laughs) 
That's kind of what I was. I don't have to smack Luke from All across right. the room. So, He's a B-list actor. He is not. All right, A-list. Let's talk about the climax scene. Okay. The main fight between Morbius and Milo. Thoughts? Not Discuss. long enough. Okay. Not long enough. Not enough of a threat. Yeah, I would agree with you. So you see where I'm coming from on that? Yeah, it's one of the things that brings my rating down slightly because I felt like the other fight scenes were just so epic because it wasn't like, I'm just going to show you how cool and badass I am. You know what I mean? And just move so fast and do all these things and all this destruction. You know what I mean? And the brilliance in those previous fight scenes was you were able to see it, but comprehend it at the same time to where when him and Milo were fighting, it was just so much Too so fast. fast. Yeah. yeah, You know what I mean? And it was like, just, it concentrated on destruction. And epic damage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not you know to each other, I mean? just like, to everything around them. Is this them. dude even going to survive? Like, what is he, Superman now? You know what I mean? And that's where it fell off for me too. Cause it's like, I'm sorry, you are human. You are not a superhero. Yeah. So when he, when the fight was over, like it almost felt anticlimactic to me, even though there was so much going on. And you know, I, I anticlimactic, but I also wanted more. I, I did like yeah. the addition of the bats. Yeah. I, I really did. I thought that, that was, was very, bad. very pretty awesome and visually stunning. Just like every, everything else we've touched on, but it wasn't enough. And I guess that's a testament to the rest of the movie pre- being pretty well done. You wanted a more prominent climax. Yeah. Yeah. So you, I guess I was kind of let down by, by it. Yeah. Because you could argue up. the cop in the subway scene was more climactic. Yes. Than yes. It was. It was. I mean, if like I've said before, it checked the box for a climax scene, mm-hmm. but weekly, like with a, with a pencil. Yeah. Okay. So. I agree. So for me that it was the weakest part of the movie. Yeah. Okay. And you know he's gonna kill the other guy. Oh yeah, it's it, it, it's you, you know it's gonna happen. It's not like he's going up against Spider Man and you know Spider Man's gonna live. It's you it's, didn't think he was gonna cure him. Well, you kind of hope he's going to. You kind of hope that whatever, because all of this is all trial and error, mm-hmm. right? Even the serum that he had shot into his body, and the results were unexpected. Yes. Yeah. So how would he know? A hundred percent that this is going to react the way he expects. I agree. I was hoping that he'd hit him with the serum and it would cure the bloodlust. Yeah. But wouldn't revert him back to being crippled. Okay. I was hoping there was going to be. Middle point. A middle point. Yeah, an equilibrium. And okay. the fact, and that scene, I felt like through the movie, the emotion and the character development was pretty good. Mm-hmm. But that scene where it's like, well, you, you gave me your, my name. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I, that was weak. I that, so, that was weak. A weak begging. Yeah, moment. I don't know. That's why it's like, not an A movie for me. Yeah. So I had a hard time with that part. I did too. The um, lead up, the build up, fell off. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Otherwise, I really enjoyed it. That was my biggest gripe. Was me that too. scene? Me too. So. And that's really where I could only come in and say that that's really the only part I did I disliked as well. Yeah. It's just it wasn't enough. It wasn't, and I mean it, every character has a great antithesis character and Milo was just not it. Yeah. I wanted to see somebody that maybe had different abilities that maybe had instead of just, you know, two of the same going at each other, which there's interest in there. There's interesting factors about that, but good versus evil. Yeah. Like it truly was just a good versus evil climax and you didn't get that in the fight scene. It was a moral antithesis Mm -hmm. more than the character itself. Correct. Correct. Um, yeah, I, I agree across the board Yeah, on that. I mean, I think most people would. Actually. Yeah. Well, sounds like not a lot of people saw it. So uh, that's a good point. <laughs> All right. Um, do we want to move on to critics and we, box office? And I budgets? think we do. Yeah. Do we have any other, any other talking points we want to? I'm, d- I'm dying to know the, on? To, to guess the budget. Okay. Um, oh God. All right, Lukey. A lot of CGI. A lot of CGI. Not much star power. 33 million. Justin? 87. 75 budget. Okay. A lot of CGI. <sighs> and CGI. well done CGI. Yes, I totally agree. Um, okay, so box office. Pause. I'm sorry. Oh, I remember sorry. the thought I was going to take before this. I felt like the climax scene was very Batman versus Superman, where the whole fucking movie leads up to it. And it's like, oh, well, now we're going to work on the same side. <laughs> you know, we're, we're, like it just... Solves itself so where fast. It betrays and you're like, its title more. What? Yeah. Sorry. I get you. Continue. Budget. So it came out. Um, 75 million was the budget. And so box office. box office. Now this is. 
I checked it. This came out April 1st. Okay. Nine days ago. Nine days ago. Yes. So, and I checked the box office this morning. So nine days box office. It's Luke. 33 million. I'm going to go with again. Okay. Justin. 110. 85. Oh, so it's made a profit. So, so it's far. not a technical flop. Nine days. And that's not bad. No. I mean, all things considered. All things Con- considered. Considering screams like the highest grossing horror flick ever at like 115 or something. That is so infuriating to hear. <laughs> I, I can't even. Right. Now, um, let's go to our ratings and then do critics because I don't want our ratings to be t- tainted. tainted as you wish. Okay. Justin, um, you first. Yeah, Justin, you first. My rating when we left the theater as we were walking out, I think I was still hyped up and everything. So it was a little bit higher now that I've had like 24 hours ish to, to sit on it. I'm at a solid B. Okay. I think it was a great movie. I mean, I thought it was fucking awesome. I, I, I sat there and wanted more from it, which is a, which is a great thing. But, but then at the same time, there's a downside to that. It could have delivered more. There was nothing at the same time. There was nothing. There was nothing stopping it from giving us the more throughout the hour and 45 minutes that we watched. Right. So the couple holes, the, I mean, you know, the Milo issues and the anticlimactic climax scene and then the, the romance part, you know, when he pulled her in and he's like, stand a little, like if you're going to bring a rom- a romance into it, like at least try. Mm-hmm. And I felt like it was yeah. close your eyes and yeah. then I'm going to kiss you. Yeah. And yeah. stand closer. It was like, there was nothing, you know, Check you're a vampire. You're supposed to be seductive. You know what I mean? Like that and type of thing. Wasn't. And he wasn't, which, which and is they even fine. brought that up. Like, like you know? Drac- I find Dracula, what's the, I find Dracula sexier or, yeah. like, or seductive or something. Exactly. And so, you know, just based on those things and, the predictability. Um, if I didn't enjoy it as much, my, my rating would probably be a little bit lower, but I mean, I thought it was visually amazing. And I thought some of the the effects and the abilities and powers that they gave him were, were amazing. So B for me. Okay. okay. Um, I'm going to go with a B plus. Okay. My reasoning is because what I watched really surprised me. It was, I I had very low, not very low, but I didn't really have any expectations going in. I was worried. Um, But coming in and watching what, what we saw on the screen, it was visually beautiful and rewarding. And more often than not, when we're in, when we're in theaters, we're like kind of pissed off. Like, (laughs) I mean, just let's just be honest here. We're usually kind of pissed at what's happening, but this was refreshing. Yeah. And I really admire what they did and the liberties they did take because it created a better story than right. if they didn't do what they did. So I, I give it a B plus. Um, my, my hangups are the same as Justin's. Um, and me wanting more in the end is a testament to. Enjoyability. Enjoyability. Yeah. Yes. And just wanting to see more of the beauty. And wanting to see just more in general. And normally that's the complete opposite for me. And I do feel like it ended pretty abruptly. It did. I mean, Justin saying that's it was what I was feeling at that moment yeah. too. So B plus for me. Okay. I give it an A minus. Mm-hmm. Seriously? Yes. Wow. Nice. Okay. I have the that same. That is gr- shocking. Uh, I have the same gripes as both of you. Okay. I think the scenes were anticlimactic. The love interest did not bother me. At all. Well, because you were just focused on Jared Leto. Anyways. I would have kissed him. Um, yeah. I, I heard a groan. Ludi Sellers. Yeah. Oh, that was beauty personified on the screen. And I am not into facial hair or long hair, but he looked damn good. Um, he looked like a rock star at that point. Yeah. Yeah. I was okay with it. Put yeah. a little eyeliner on and some leather oh, yeah. pants. Why not? Yeah. Um, besides that, though, I didn't have a problem with the love scene because it was so short yes and it would it was almost it would have been weird if they didn't because it was so led built up that he loved her and realistically with his condition and his situation he wouldn't have been around a lot of other women and had a lot of other options that even have a comment between him and milo about that well yeah and milo was kind of jealous which led to his character development as well and attacking of her yeah jealousy was prominent in yes that. And so it was, I, I was appreciative that they kind of wrapped that up full circle. Sure. The fact that it, she is the fiance in the lore made it make even more sense. It didn't bother me mm-hmm. and it, and it was not over the top. Mm-hmm. So that was, it was fine for me. Um, Marlo. Okay. He's not my favorite villain. No. He checked the box. Yes. I understood 
why he was the villain. I understood his motive. So it made it work for mm-hmm. me. Um, I thought Jared Leto killed it. Yeah. I thought it was visually stunning. I appreciated that the CGI for the most part was not too fast or mm-hmm. too much. Or too cartoony. But it's I still felt realistic. Like that climax scene just knocked it down from, you know, an A rating for me. If I didn't enjoy it as much as I did, I really did. I enjoyed the ride. Same I here. really enjoyed the movie, which is why I made it an A minus. There's definitely uh, weaknesses. There is. But because I enjoyed it that much. And I would happily see a second one. Me too. So A minus for me, B plus for Luke, B minus or B for Justin puts it in a solid B plus. Yes, it does. On to critic scores. There's a reason why we waited. Yes, there is. Um. Rotten Tomatoes critics, Luke. 38%. Justin. She's smiling. It has to be bad. It has to be horrible. We've never done it like this. No, before. there's a reason there for it. Must Rotten be. Tomatoes critics. All right. I think his was realistic based on your face right now. So I'm going to go with what my hope is. And I'm going to say 60s, somewhere in the 60s. 17. Oh, holy fuck. <laughs> Worse than the night house? I died. Whoa. I was like, no. <laughs> no. What is wrong with people? Hold on. That's the critic score. Still, though, what's wrong with them? I mean, I realize we're still com- we're coming off of like the best Marvel movie of all time in Spider-Man, you know, No Way Home and coming off of the relaunch of the Batman franchise. So, like, it's not a good time for a superhero movie to come out. But fuck, it was so enjoyable. Yeah. OK. Audience. Rotten Tomatoes. <sighs> oh, how? Thirty nine percent. Justin. Sixty four. <laughs> 70. Okay. okay. All right. That makes it feel a little easier to swallow. Feel a little better? <laughs> yeah. I mean, seven out of 10 people liking it. I'm down for that. I'm okay with it. Yeah. All right. IMDb. 2.8. I was going to say 2.2. 5.2. Okay. okay. But okay. that's still pretty fucking that's, low. Yeah. That's admirable. So, uh, 71% Google, which is one of the lowest Google, Google ratings scores I've we've seen. ever seen. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, it was critically trashed. And um, figuratively disemboweled by critics. So they don't believe that a second one will be coming out. Fuck the critics. It's already made money. It's made money. Audience gives it 70%. Yeah, you can't bring in Michael Keaton to the post-credit screen without a plan. So the biggest critic complaint is that it's... I don't get it. The the number one critic complaint that I read. Ridiculous post-credit scenes. So fucking what? Post-credit scenes. You're going to judge the movie on the post-credit scenes. Based on scenes. what could potentially happen Let's in the future. Let's talk about the post-credit scene of Venom 2. Yeah, like, no shit. Uh, I've blocked it out. <laughs> I blocked so it out. So terrible. They also said that it was a weak storyline. Okay. And poor acting. Wow. I felt like those were the two strong suits. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I, what is... Is it us? It's us. It's not us. It's them. It's me. No, it's them. <laughs> it's, it's not, not you, you. It's, it's me. me. It's the yeah. 80, it's the eighty-six percent of fucking or eighty-three percent of critics that didn't like it. So they're the problem. Did they yeah. watch? They're like, expecting this to be like an artsy fucking flick or something, and to win an Academy Award when that's what not what this movie was meant to do. This it, movie was meant to entertain, and it fucking did. It that. did. Is it possible that the everyone is oversaturated? Like the market is oversaturated with with superhero movies, and it so we're going to see a trend starting. Soon? And apparently, everybody thinks they're a fucking critic now. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think I am. Yeah, we are. Uh, don't well, appear. Don't you know? Pretend to be a great one. No, but. Seventeen percent. That's absurd. So this movie, it's like when not it even comes showing to, up. right, it didn't even try. Apparently, um, it actually ranks below Batman and Robin. Oh my god, that is so insulting. It's so sad. Batman and Robin is like is is like generally panned by everybody as Which being I, like I the love one, it too because it's, it's campy, campy. It's cute. Hell. This is pissing me the fuck off. Like, it really does. It have really you guys is. ever seen Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back? No. Like they yes. get the reviews from their Blunt Man yes. and Chronic and they literally go door to door on all the critics and beat the shit out of them? Yes. That's I, what I want to yeah, do. I, I, I kind, kind of, of I, do. Like what is wrong with people? Yeah. Now do y'all realize why I put it at the end? I do. Yeah. It sets a precedent. Yeah. Yeah. So anytime you do this again we know it's bad. <laughs> but the way I feel right now like that pisses makes me, me want to raise my rating a little bit because I have this much passion that these people are wrong. Yeah. 
It pisses me off. It sounds like they wrote it off, like, from the beginning. Yeah. Like, almost they went in, and, ah, this is going to be trash. Like, I had my concerns, but I didn't go into it. But we were open-minded. Yeah. I was expecting it to be bad, which is so part of the reason why I thought it was good. <laughs> because maybe. it was surprising. Yeah. It sounds like some people just couldn't get over that. God. Maybe. So insulting. So. It's like most people. I Fuck like them. few movies. Yeah. Luke, Luke hates, hates movies. movies. God. We say it all the time. But this was good. It was great. So anyway, oh, that man. being said, everybody, okay. uh, make your call, you know, go see it. If you agree with us generally, you will like it. It was enjoyable. Yeah. Jared Leto does a great job. He really does. He's a great Morbius. So, all right. Morbius full circle reviews signing off. Bye. Fuck you critics. <laughs> <laughs>